Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week. We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. We have been in the middle of our series called Rooted. How many have been blessed thus far by what the Word has been saying through Rooted? We have been growing deep and living strong. That has been the the word of this series. The last two weeks we've talked about the seed and the soil that that seed needs when we talk about planting, which is your heart. And last week we got into all of the things um, regarding the growth and how God is the only one who brings the growth. God is who makes new things grow. There are producers of growth. One is the seed, another is the soil, another is water, and another is sunlight. That in the natural, if you don't have these four elements, a, a seed doesn't have a chance. But when you put the right producers together, and you put the seed, soil, water, and sunlight, and that the, in the natural, the seed and the plant has the right atmosphere, begins to grow. But in, in the same way, the seed is like the word that goes forth. The soil is our heart. The water is discipleship, and the sunlight is what I call the anointing of God. But we have to remember, ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the director of the producers of growth that the growth that takes place in our life is not something we can manufacture on our own, but that God himself will manufacture in us as we stay within the four realms of the production of growth. You know, no seed is planted without an expectation to grow. Can we all say amen? Amen. And in the same way, the seed that has gone forth, the word of God into your heart, the plans, the purpose of God into your life is designed for growth. That God doesn't want you to sit there, but there is an expectation from heaven. Hey, you've just received. It's time to start growing. You've received. Watch what happens when you subject that into my anointing. Watch what happens when you start discipleship. Watch what happens when you get in your word and you start praying. Watch what happens when you get in church and you start getting around other like-minded believers and men and women of faith that start sharpening iron. As the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. That all these things are a part of the process. But in the end, God says, now it's my time. My ways are not your ways and my timing is not your time. And just because we put a coin in the machine doesn't mean we're going to get an instant result. But the way that God works is that we subject ourselves through humility and through that process. It's incredible how the growth just begins to take place. God loves you. He birthed you. He created you. He gave you a purpose. He gave you a plan. He gave you a destiny, but he wants you to grow. Can we all say amen? So this week we're going to talk about pruning. Pruning. What is this? And I want to read a scripture in 2 Corinthians. It's chapter 4, verse 17. And can I just preach this scripture to you right now in your situation? For our present troubles are small. (laughs) Hallelujah. I just need that for myself sometimes. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory 
that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Somebody say forever. Your present troubles, the things that you are in that seem so huge, the Bible says they're actually small in God's eyes. And the thing that you feel is never going to end, the Bible says, guess what? It's actually not going to even last that long. See, the world is viewed through God's eyes completely different than the way we view the world. The, the, the world is viewed through an eternal landscape. It's viewed through an eternal lens that God says, listen, you have a blink of an eye. The Bible says that our life on this earth is but a blink of an eye. How fast can we blink once? Think about that. And God says, that's your 90, 100 years, 80 years, whatever you get on this earth. That's the blink. So the thing that we're really aiming at and talking about when we talk about faith in God and heaven and eternity, that these things are so real. And if we don't believe in them and hold on to them, we're going to find ourselves pretty hopeless right here during the blink. But when we understand, no, 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 that brief blink that we're talking about is actually so full of purpose. And there's so much life attached to it. And there's so much uh, destiny that's filtered into this that we have to grab a hold of. But God does not want you to lose the focus of eternity. He doesn't want you to lose focus that there's something so much greater than even your present troubles. That's why your present troubles are small and they're actually not going to last very long. But they're going to produce a glory that will outweigh them and last forever. You ever had a problem that you got through anybody anybody ever gotten through a problem before i know i have isn't it you just want to forget it bye bye problem you got a new problem to worry about probably but the old problem's dead in god but problems are like that they come and go and they come and go but what the scripture says that these problems are producing a glory that will outweigh them so heavily and the glory that comes as the byproduct, it's going to last forever. How many know that's a good residual? Can we all say amen? It gives you such a focus to your life when you dive into this faith we're talking about. When you dive into the purpose and focus that God has for you, things begin to change. You begin to look at problems different. You begin to look at situations and people and relationships differently. And you'd say, God, what do you want for me? Do you want that person for me? Am I handling myself right? Is my anger justified? Is the way I'm handling myself the right thing, God? I want to live different. I want to live according to your word. I don't want to be who I was. I want to be who you want me to be. That's called transformation. And God is looking for those who would take the seed of that word, boom, and let it hit your heart, the good soil, and then let that water start pouring on it and saying, God, every day, Lord, I'm going to pray, Lord, what do you want me to do today, Father? Lord, I used to wake up and say, what do I feel? I'm just going to live by my feelings. I'm going to live by my lusts. I'm going to live by whatever vibe I feel. No, not anymore. Lord, by the watering of your word, Lord, I want to live by how you want me to live. Who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to help today? Who do you want me to change life? So, Lord, help me lead my life differently god says you just pour some water on it man then you get into in a house like this with some anointing you get some hands laid on you get some people praying with you and that sunlight starts warming that thing up and you begin to see something begin so beautiful to take place that's why we have our little tree here just as a representative he's been a good volunteer hasn't he he's just stood the test of time the last three weeks but one of the things we have to understand when we talk about growth is a process called pruning. Oh, we don't like pruning. 
Pruning is not something any one of us want to engage into. But really, when we're subjecting ourselves to God, we're not pruning ourselves. He's going to be pruning for us. What is pruning? Pruning is defined literally to trim a tree, shrub, or bush by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially, everybody say, especially, to increase fruitfulness and growth. Pruning is designed to increase fruitfulness and growth fruitfulness and growth fruitfulness and growth can i say it again fruitfulness and growth ah, fruitfulness and growth ha ah. okay we're not getting in the beat where's terry calm this guy down i laid in bed too much this week got too much energy let's read john chapter 15 verse 1 I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. My goodness, can you grab how awesome your God is? That even when you're in the midst of the greatest fruitful season of your life, God's saying, I want you to have even more. He's a God of growth. He's a God of abundance. He never stops moving forward. Hallelujah. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, when we moved back to Colorado a few years ago, um, the house that we're in had all these bushes. And they had not been pruned ever. I mean, these things looked like a bad haircut, you know. I thought the plants were trying to grow dreadlocks. Like, it just kept growing. I said, these things need to be cut back. Now, I'm not a green thumb. I'm not a gardener, those types of things. But I knew I needed to cut back the bushes. Mostly because my wife kept telling me to. They looked terrible. And I said, all right, I'm going to do something. And so I went out there for hours cutting off all this dead brush and dead stuff. And honestly, the whole tree looked dead. I thought three out of these four trees were dead already. That's what I thought. Terry's like, just go prune them go prune them i'm like looking up on youtube teach me to prune you know like you know like every good person does trying to figure out new stuff all the time you know and you have these guys like you gently take the pruning shears remember this plant is living and you are taking away and i'm like you know i'm just like hacking this thing to pieces when I got done, those things went from these giant shrubs, like these itty-bitty little things. Terry's like, you killed them. I'm like, no, I didn't, baby. They've been pruned, you know. I had no idea. I was thinking, I, I think they're dead, too. I, I said, well, if they're dead, we'll buy new ones. But you know, it's crazy. Spring hit, and those ones we thought were dead, boom, they started sprouting those little green buds, right? Before you know it, that thing. And in fact, by the end of last season, I had to already prune them, so every year now they're on a nice, healthy cycle. But I firsthand learned about pruning. So pruning, I'm going to give you three truths today about pruning. Number one, pruning is about elimination 
and cultivation. Write this down or take a picture, whatever you want to do. Grab these today. These are so good. You're not going to want to leave here without these three points. Pruning is about elimination and cultivation. As you think back to our definition of pruning and the trimming and all these things, one of the main jobs of a gardener is to remove dead, fruitless, or broken limbs from a plant. And often plants are hindered by a dead portion of its branches. And that dead portion just gets in the way and the plant now is wasting. This is so important. Hear this. The plant begins to waste its energy and nutrients to help branches that don't produce any fruit. So as long as the dead branches are still connected onto the main tree, the, the tree, the, the main vine is saying, hey, it's connected. I'm going to send equal share here, okay? And so all the dead branches are still pulling away from the main vine, but yet they're not producing anything. This is so good. Are you guys ready? You guys ready to get some pruning going on? Now, in our lives, we have similar areas that become hindrances to us. It might be a sin that needs to be removed. It may be constant distractions that get you pulled in too many directions. It might be a relationship that's hindering us and we just don't even see it. That's a big one. It may even be something good in your lives, but it's distracting you to getting to great. Wow, that's a good one. We settle for good when God's saying, don't settle for good. Come on, good to great. Jesus didn't write it, but it's a good book. Okay. He wants you to not just be fruitful, but he wants you to not only have fruit, but have fruit upon fruit upon fruit. Are you in the room today? It's biblical that the Lord says, I'm taking you from glory to glory to glory. I am transforming you. I don't want you to be transformed once. I want you to be transformed and grow in that transformation and develop and not just get a little shine, but let the shine keep shining, baby. Are you hearing me? Let it get brighter and brighter. Let the stretch get further and further. Let your impact not just increase to one person, but the 10 to 100 to 1,000 to a million. Are you in the room today? God is not satisfied where we become satisfied so he will take you to the places he wants you to go if you just say yes how much time energy and quote nutrients or in other words i call it your joy peace and strength are wasted on dead fruitless limbs that are attached to us This plant today is going to get a haircut. I don't even know if it needs pruned, but it's about to. I want you to know something. These things we're talking about, these dead limbs, they must be pruned. In fact, I want us to try something together today. Are you ready for this? This is an interaction between us as a church. We are going to declare over our lives these four words they must be pruned. Can we try it together? Can you say, they must be pruned? Hey, there it is. Look at that. Just read the sign there, right? Here we go. They must be pruned. That was okay, but let's shout it like you mean it. They must be pruned. All right. You guys got your part? You ready? Don't worry. We'll come back to it. You're about to shout. Shout it out. The things we accept as normal. Say it out. They must be pruned. The sin that we have allowed in our lives 
to live with us day in and day out. When those demons get comfortable, if you aren't careful, they will hinder you massively from becoming all that God has in store for your life. They become so a part of who you are that even though you know they're, quote, wrong and breaking God's law, you're doing good. If there's 100 things, you're doing good in 99, but I'm not talking about the 99. I'm talking about the one. I'm talking about the dead, fruitless limb that is attached to you. That thing that you can't seem to shake. That sin that pops its head up, not necessarily every day. Maybe it's weekly, monthly, or annually. doesn't matter, but you know it's there. It becomes a dead limb attached to your calling. It becomes a dead limb that wants to suck the life right out of you. And when those demons get comfortable, if you're not careful, you'll justify it. And be like, well, it's not all the time. I don't fall into sin that often. It's it's just the one thing. Can I tell you something? They must be pruned. Can you shout, they must be pruned? Now, this little fellow is going to have something pruned off it today. Now, I'm going to be real nice to him in the beginning here. He's got a little dead guy down here. See that? That's not producing any life. But as we cut away the things that are stealing away the nutrients from our life, how does more fruit come from that? It doesn't make sense almost. It's because when the dead branches leave the plant, all that energy that the plant was pushing, now is pushing it to the good, fruitful areas of your life. In the same way that sin we're talking about, that's up here. You cut it off and now there's room. For the others to have space to grow and live. I want to talk about constant distractions that keep popping up. That are taking all of your time but not from God and they're not fruitful. How many times do we have things interrupt our life and we allow it? How many times does it happen? It just pops up. Somebody makes a request. Somebody says this. Uh, this opportunity comes. You're already in the opportunity you felt God gave you, but no, the other opportunity, the internet popped up. Oh, but that maybe I should chase that one. The devil wants you chasing so many rabbits you won't catch anything. This happens in business. This happens all the time in our walk in life. This happens with our calling. We feel a calling to the ministry. Man, I feel a calling to pray for people. I'm a prayer warrior. I'm going to start praying. You start praying. Somebody says, man, really, you should be a preacher. I'm going to be a preacher now. I'm a preacher. What happened to your prayer life, though? Oh, yeah, I got to pray still. But what about the preacher? Hey, you know what you really need to be doing, man, is some uh, Bible study discipleship. Man, I'm going to be a Bible study discipleship guy. I'm going to be a prayer warrior. I'm going to be a preacher. Before you know it, you start chasing everything. Before somebody else comes, hey, I got a good business proposition for you. You should help me. Flip these cars, man. Man, I don't think about cars. It's a killer business opportunity. All I need is your sweat equity. Hallelujah. Okay, so I got prayer. I got to flip some cars now. I got to preach over here. Hey, sugar. I'm female distraction. This for the men. You should give me some attention too. Ooh, I gotta give. I gotta give attention over here now. What happened to your prayer life? Oh, I. Uh, the female always gets the most attention, by the way. 
you're a parent and your parent your kid's school asks you to do 50,000 things I have to put my kid in that sport or else there'll be a failure in life no that's not true I have seen more distraction by our society with kids and young people with the extracurriculars that are so extreme. If you're not at this level, you're not on the team. You don't matter. You don't count. Right? And the pressure from society that's pushing, before you know it, these distractions are pulling so much away, but they're not producing any fruit. They're just causing stress. They're just causing death in your life. You're going home drained. You're going home looking at your family exhausted. You're looking at your bank account. It's not growing. You're feeling depressed. Why? They must be prone come on somebody shout it at me they must be prone see you later distractions yeah i'm telling you that's how it's gonna feel too when you cut them off because you just created a whole new space for god to do something new in your life somebody clap your hands now don't get me started on people people can be the biggest distraction if it's not the right people I had a friend for years, and my friend, this friend would call me all the time. I love this person. So every time he called, I answered because I like talking to him. Every time. Oh, it's so-and-so. What's up? You know. <laughs> Tell how old I am. And I can't tell you how many hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of conversation that went on between me and this person over the years. And man, I'm just struggling, man. I'm, man, I'm, I'm with you, brother. You need to do this. Brother, I'm praying for you, man. I've prayed for I mean, God would give me prophetic words for him. I'd have scriptures for him. I'd call him up. I'd give him this. I'd give him that. And every time, and I noticed something, and Terry noticed it far before I did. She said, you give so much to that person, but they never do anything with it. They just take and take and take intake it's not reciprocal in any way shape or form because even if you're a mentor the reciprocation is growth okay if you're a gardener and you keep watering that same dirt and nothing ever pops out of that dirt you're a fool there's nothing coming out stop watering it stop wasting your time and pour your effort into something that will grow how many know that's biblical but people can become such a distraction and I remember my wife saying, you got to prune him out. And it was hard. Relationships can be the hardest thing in your life to prune. But sometimes it's so evident. Maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's an incorrect uh, dating relationship. Got to prune him out if it's unhealthy, if it's not godly, if it's not going to the right, to marriage and all the healthy things. And you know that you know that you, you got to figure it out. But if it's not right, God can't bless it. Your life won't be good and their life won't be good. Are you in the room? Say yes. We have to understand that pruning is a process for your growth. Pruning is a process in which we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened about that friend. Every time I would pray, the Holy Spirit would like have me release that person. But I didn't want to because I love people and I love this person. It's not to say I don't still love that person, but the energy I was putting in had to change because it was taking away from the purpose and destiny and calling that God had for me all over the world. Are you in the room? 
There's only so many hours in a day. And if you have the wrong dead relationships in your life, if they're just sucking you dry, do you have a person like this by chance? You don't have to shout amen if you do. But you call and every time you grab the phone, they just suck it out of you. You got to consider certain things in your life. Well, I have to take the call. It's so-and-so. Do you? You need to seek God and understand, is that an assignment from the Lord or is that something comfortable in your life? Well, we were childhood friends. So? If they're not willing to grow and they're not willing to yield to God themselves, what is the journey looking like? And if you're pouring in from the growth you're receiving and they're not willing to grow, the gap will just get further. And here's the reality. They're attached like a dead limb. And every time you try to grow, they're going to pull you right back. We have to understand they must be pruned. Wrong relationships have to be pruned. Now, can I tell you that it's harder? Can we say yes? Ah. These relationships require a little different type of uh, horticulture here. Come on, everybody. Say they must be pruned. even see it so long there we go we got one bad relationship here Ooh, yeah that one had to go and this one you might have a few they must be pruned this one too The gardener is going to prune the things so we have a better opportunity to grow. And you see our little tree here looks a lot thinner. And your life will start to feel thinner when you start allowing the Holy Spirit to prune some things out. But can I tell you, thinner is okay. Because what the end result is going to be is some new growth, some new fruit, some new relationships. Many times a relationship you're trying to pray for, there's no room for that relationship for God to bring him into your life till you prune off the one that needs to go bye-bye. Oh, God, I want to be used of your kingdom. Father, I want to grow. I want to experience. God said, you got to prune off that sin. you got to give that sin to me. That sin is going to hold you back. You can't get to the holy of holies and drag that sin along with you. I'm sorry. It's got to be pruned out. Our second point, pruning, is about producing good fruit. Remember this. Why are we doing this? It's about producing good fruit. The Lord's so good to you. He doesn't want you to live with a bunch of dead limbs sucking all the life out of you. He wants you to wake up with such fire in your belly about life that you say, "Woo! it's a new day. Hallelujah. What's up, Tuesday? Let's get it, Tuesday. You are mine, Tuesday, God put me on this earth with the calling, with the purpose. And on this Tuesday, I'm going to accomplish everything the Holy Spirit asked me to do. Somebody say yes. Are you excited about Tuesday? But what about Wednesday? Oh, it's Wednesday. What's up, Wednesday? It's time to get it. If you don't have that kind of fire when you wake up, you got to get some pruning. Because God wants to bring some growth and some health and some life. It's about producing 
fruit. Galatians 5.22, the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. As we remain connected, the Holy Spirit prunes away the unhealthy, fruitless parts of our lives. And this allows the fruit of the Spirit to have room to grow. If you're just full of immorality and anger and jealousy, there's not going to be any room for joy, peace, and kindness to thrive in your life. I'm talking about a heavenly exchange. Are you in the room with me today? And the things that people truly are desiring in their lives can be summed up with the fruits of the Spirit. How many times have you heard it? That, man, I just wish I had some peace. I have millions of dollars, but I have no peace. Man, I just wish I had some joy. I wake up every day and I feel empty. Are you telling me that there are people with all the money and riches on earth that don't have the fruits of the Spirit? Absolutely, yes, because money does not produce what God produces. Money is simply a tool when used in connection with the goal of what God's created you to do produces the life that God called you on this earth to do. But if we're disconnected from our connection with God the Father, we are not going to have the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to have the fruit of the flesh. You're going to have anger, jealousy, bitterness. You're going to have insecurities that never leave. You're going to have a spirit that just looks empty. You're going to have depression follow you around like heavy. You're going to have anxiety that never leaves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God does not want that for you. God wants you to live the abundant life. Somebody clap your hands if you're with me. That's why pruning is about love. Pruning is about love. This is the most important one to grab. John 10, 10. Jesus said this, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy, but I have come. They might have life and they might have it more abundantly. That's his plans for you. Abundant life. Abundant life. His love is so real and so strong that he wants you to not exist. He wants the abundant abundance of this life to be bubbling up out of your belly each and every day despite the circumstances you can have this and have all hell breaking loose this is the power of the holy spirit you can have the worst situation on earth happening in your life but yet still have peace how is that possible in fact can i just take a query does anybody in here can anybody testify that you've experienced that in your life look around and let it build your faith. Now, I am privileged to know many of the hands that were raised in their stories. And let me confirm, it was real stuff. Sometimes we like, yeah, but they haven't gone through like I've gone through. Nah, that's a lie. Or as my son would say, that's cap. That's cap. It means it's a lie. <laughs> because sometimes we let ourselves off the hook to say, yeah, but if they went through what I went through, they want to have that peace. If they went through what I went through, they want to have that joy. But the reality is this. They've gone through what you've gone through and maybe worse, but they had the joy and the peace through it. What I'm talking about is by faith. And when you get around people of faith, it is so contagious on their life that you wouldn't even know they went through that valley until you get in a conversation. That's why church family is so important to have relationships. I want all y'all to know each other. 
I want you to know each other's stories. I, because it, there's so much life in it. When you know, like I know some of the stories in this room, you would be blown away. So when you're going through it and you go to that person, they have something to offer you because they went through something similar and survived it. And not just survived it. They walked through it with the joy and the peace and the kindness and the goodness and the faithfulness and the gentleness and the self-control because there is no law against those things. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But you got to do some pruning. You got to cut off the dead things. And the beautiful part is this. You don't have to do it by yourself. In fact, in fact, God will prune you. All you got to do is say yes. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.